Welcome to the Kosaka Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Say. Welcome to the Kasafa Show, where we have a varied episode this week that looks ahead to the Soweto Derby between Orlando Pirates and Kaiser Chiefs, assesses Zambia's progression to the quarterfinals of the African Nations Championship, and gets the very latest about Kasafa's plans for a bumper 2021. So let's get straight into it, Mark. The Soweto Derby is always a special occasion on the South African football calendar, but this time... Pirates and Chiefs come into the fixture in a different form, each with their own struggles of late. Yes, I, I can't remember last when we had two sides going into the derby in such poor form. Uh, even though Chiefs have not lost in their last five games, they scraped a draw with Barocca on Tuesday. Pirates have won, I think, two of their last seven they were held at home by Galaxy on Tuesday. Uh, neither will have any confidence going into this um, into this derby. And of course, both of them sit fairly far off the top of the table. It's also a derby which is of little consequence at the moment to the top of the uh, DSTV Premiership standings. Now, Chiefs won both league fixtures last season, but then suffered those heavy back-to-back MT8 semi-final defeats at the start of this campaign. If we just put aside the points on offer at the moment, just how much of a boost would it be for, for Gavin Hunt to come away with a win on Saturday? I think it would be absolutely massive. I think he's still feeling the pressure. He probably won't smile if they win, but deep down inside, he'd be absolutely ecstatic because um, you know he desperately needs something to uh, come away with this season. He's a, a serial winner, and this has been the worst start ever to a Kaiser Chiefs League campaign. It's his worst start, too, as a as a manager. But, you know, there are sort of mitigating factors, notably the FIFA transfer ban and the fact that Chiefs have been unable to refresh their squad. But if they were to beat Pirates at the weekend, I think that would uh, really give them momentum for what would be the second half of the season. Who knows? You know, they could be... Uh, a big factor in the last 15 games of the league. Now, a feature of Pirates' recent form has been a lack of goals. They've scored just two in their last four games and only four, or 15 rather, in 14 league games this season. Injuries have played a part of that, especially lately. But uh, let's get the thoughts of coach Joseph Zimbauer on their battles in the box. Yeah, it's just difficult. We have not a striker. It's not, it's not alone. Gaba, Le Passa, is also Chukamancha. He's yeah, Mr. Chukamancha also. We have four strikers now. We they, they're not available. It's, it's uh, serious, yes, but uh, we, we cannot change. It is what it is. Uh, we have to work with the players. What is in the field, and we have enough uh, opportunities. We can score this power. What you need this this, this body language. What you need uh, to to score. We have a little bit on luck also, yeah, but we have to work more than before on this. But we have not enough training session. We cannot go to the field in a moment. The last two weeks. You cannot work with shootings or crossings or whatever. You, you need the recovery for the players and um, um, cannot work on the field in a moment on, on this. But uh, we see it and I know the next next game, uh, it's coming. When we when we get these goals and we get then the run, uh, maybe then in this time comes the, the strikers back and then we have more opportunities for the, for the striker positions. But we are not alone in the world. Uh, the, the, the big problem is against uh, uh, Galaxy. Maybe for this for this uh, example, is a deep block. Is a, is a they they fight for this for for one meter space. They fight for this, and they know they stay compact. But we find a solution. It's not so. We have not chances. We have not 
um, possibilities we can score. This is the things we have not a striker, a top striker on the on the field. This is also a little bit what we do uh, without striker. But we have the opportunities and we find the solution. This is the difficult problem normally. You find solution against a deep block. We find it. Uh, or we found it today also, but we don't score. And this is sure a problem for a coach and sure a problem for a team. But it is what it is. We cannot say we, we, we can't score. We have the opportunities, but we have, I say it again, we score. Then it's the most of the time offside. It's maybe not offside. Also, last times also we have if we scored or we have a top chance. Then it's offside. It was not offside after the game. It was a foul now today. It was not a foul. We scored. And yeah, and, and you have otherwise other options you can score, but. Then it's the post between or the goalkeeper have a good day or a feed come between the ball and the goal. And that's the, the things what you have in this situation in the moment. You you have not the luck and you have not the striker, but say it again, it is what it is. We cannot say it's an excuse. We have to work on it and we do it and it's coming. This, this goal's coming and the result's coming, 100%. So we continue our focus on the Kusafa show on arguably the biggest cup game in the region, the derby between Chiefs and Pirates. It's fair to say that no other match in the Kusafa area attracts 90,000 spectators. But this weekend, of course, it will be behind closed doors at the Orlando Stadium. The COVID virus certainly continues to wreak havoc, not only here, but across the world. We have invited someone uniquely qualified to talk about this derby, Stanton Fredericks, who played for both Chiefs and Pirates in his career. He was also a professional in Switzerland and Russia and a South African international famously outplaying David Beckham in the midfield when South Africa hosted England in a friendly in 2003. So let me ask you, first of all, Stanton, after thanking you for joining us, from a player's perspective, what makes this game so special? The uniqueness is both fans sit amongst each other. And that is something that you will not find anywhere in the world. Greece, wherever in Europe, even in Africa, you go to Ghana, uh, Asante Katoko against Hearts of Oaks. That is not going to happen, but it speaks to us as a country and how passionate we are. And uh, this past year, being part of the, the, the 50th anniversary for Kaiser Chiefs, it, it led me to understand the enormity of, of the importance of, of donning uh, the famous uh, gold and, and, and black jersey, even if it is uh, the white and black for, for Orlando. And the pirates. They've been so pivotal in the dynamic and the change in our country where apartheid regime came through and uh, you, you listen to the stories where politicians would cross the border traveling with the soccer team, you know. So whilst playing, you, you'll never understand the enormity. You look at our dynamics in the country and we speak about 80% being black um, and you look at 80% of our population, that's 40 million plus people. The country comes to a standstill and is fixated on that match. And that is, whilst you're playing, you're not going to understand the bigger picture of, of taking part in this derby. But post your career, you now reflect and you understand that you've been part of something so massive. When you were playing, I mean, how long did the build-up last and how long were the recriminations when you lost or the celebrations when you won? Uh, so the good thing or, or the difference was Chiefs wouldn't come up against Pirates in so many competitions. I think that's number one way, uh, one factor that made it such a, 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 a occasion. Now you're having so many competitions and it takes away the spark somewhat, um, but previously, like the build-up, you'd know the beginning of the month, there's a derby this month. So as a player, in your mind, you want to be in the starting lineup, you know? So already your performances, your focus level, your commitment on 
mean, which is unfair because it needs to be like that for every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the build up to that, you already have it in the back of your mind that listen, this month I need to be consistently in a starting lineup. And the fear is getting injured, and it somewhat takes away a bit of the commitment in the building up uh, the games played before the derby. And when you were uh, also playing, did you find that it had an impact eventually on? The title chase, the particularly, let's say, if you'd lost or if you had won, the the morale boost it gave, or, or was it a, a sort of a game that resonated for a couple of weeks? It wasn't pivotal for the whole season. No, I, I have to echo what you said because if you win the derby, the the confidence level, not only within the team. But like going to training, you know, when you're playing for Chiso Pirates and you lose a game, when you walk, when you drive into that training field on a Monday morning, I promise you the security doesn't give you a good welcome. Uh, the, the groundsman looks at you funny. The lady that normally hugs you will just go away from afar, you know. It affects the entire space of the team, you know. So 100%, the confidence that comes from winning a derby is it's not only the bragging rights um, of half of the country, if not more, if you're playing for Kaiser Chiefs. Uh, that stat is still up in the air. Um, but it certainly kicks on and that can obviously, well, not obviously, it will certainly add to to your, your performances and uh, going forward for that whatever league it was. And would it be fair to say that unless you've played in the derby, you haven't really as a professional footballer in South Africa experienced the ultimate uh, in, a, in a fixture or an occasion uh, from a South African perspective? Yeah, it's it's similar. I know you, you, you asked the question South African perspective, but it's similar to being the best player in the world. If you haven't played for Madrid, if you haven't played for Barca, you cannot be considered as being the best in the world. So in a South African perspective, if you haven't played for Kaiser Chiefs or Pirates or played in the derby or started in the derby for that matter, um, I think uh, it's it's going to take some form of a miracle to, for you to be recognized and says uh, that, that that player right there is is up there with the best. Who will win the Saturday? I think Kaiser Chiefs will, will take the, the, the corner. Um, I think they, they're going to have to come back after that embarrassing two-legged defeat in, in the cup. They are in a bit of a good wicket. We know that form doesn't count, but it certainly does no matter what game you're playing. If you've come off the back of a win, you go into the derby a bit more confident. And I do think that um, Kaiser Chiefs kind of turned the corner and I think they're going to be hungrier of the two and I think they're going to they're gonna take it this weekend. And the last one on this, would you, um, I mean, obviously COVID has a huge impact, but do you think uh, without fans, the derby is, is vastly diminished or do you still think the competitiveness between the players, the bragging rights that they want, the reaction they'll get from people once they're you know, out and about in the malls is still very important? Or is it a game that really relies on the fact that it is the occasion? Everybody wants the ticket. I think it's the latter. I think that um, the occasion sometimes uh, grabs a hold of the players. You know, you, sometimes if it's your first derby and, and in this situation, there's a lot of uh, new young players coming into the Kaiser Chiefs fold. Yes, there's also been a debutant for Orlando Pirates. Uh, but so many times the occasion takes hold of you as a player. Uh, you play the occasion, you don't play the game. Um, so, so I'm going to go with, uh, yes, it does make a massive difference, unfortunately. I think worldwide, we can just see that. We can only assume, but I have played in front of an empty stadium for Orlando Pirates against Bedvis Wits uh, back in the day, and it feels like a training match, um, so the intensity will not be there. Yes, the need to get the three points will be there, but I think uh, you take away the fans, you take away the occasion, and there's a lot that's been lost uh, without the fans uh, uh, playing this derby during the COVID pandemic. Zambia qualified for the quarterfinals of the African Nations Championship when they finished second in their Group D at the finals in Cameroon. They'll now meet Morocco in the knockout stages on Sunday. 
Here's the thoughts of coach Micho Shrodajevic following their 0-0 draw in Namibia on Wednesday and where they need to improve. Honestly, we have the best on 60, uh, 40 possession, over 20 attempts on goal. Uh, I could not ask more from the players. Uh, we need to give credit even to opponents for their resolute defending and whatsoever. On the other side, in uh, all 93 minutes and whatsoever, we have the pace in this team. It's not easy to play against a team that has not any pressure but has an intention to be the party spoilers in a way. And they proudly play for their country and they give credit to the coach, to the team. And uh, this is what exactly happened. We need critically to look at ourselves. Why from 20 attempts that this one did not finish when it's supposed to finish? Uh, this is now uh, something that we need critically to look and uh, we need to correct all this before playing the quarterfinal match. Uh, we have not been caught by surprise, but we were not finding the formula how to beat the, beat the stone of four defenders and two defensive midfielders uh, plus uh, four players up trying always to counter you. Uh, and I give credit to the team of opponent because they have succeeded to put us, despite us trying 20 times, 20 times, except DRC Congo that had against Libya 23, is with the second best on the chunk in the point of attention whatsoever. Uh, in the law of averages, under normal circumstances, out of 20, logically, in law of averages, at least one or two are entering. Today they didn't enter. I strongly hope that we shall find uh, uh, mental strength, uh, physically to recover, technically to be much more effective, and of course, tactically, much more competitive uh, going into the quarterfinals. We are joined now by the General Secretary of PUSAFA, Sue Dayton, to reflect back on an unprecedented four tournaments in six weeks at the end of last year. And we're also going to look ahead to what might be in prospect in 2021. These remain uncertain times as the COVID-19 continues to disrupt organized sports and travel on the African continent. But we've learned a lot in the last six months or so about how to create biosecure environments and mitigate the risks around the pandemic, which gives us hope for a fuller international football calendar this year. Sue, thanks for your time. Let's look back first at the four tournaments in Nelson Mandela Bay, including two continental qualifiers in the men's under-17 and under-20 category. There were no doubt plenty of new challenges in putting these tournaments together, but were you pleased overall with the outcome? Oh, yes, uh, Mark. Uh, you know, for the longest time uh, last year, we weren't sure whether we would be able to do any tournaments at all because of the of the pandemic. And um, and then, you know, come the, the 1st of October when government uh, opened the borders, it was still, um, you know, a, a hard sell um, and much lobbying between CASAFA and our member association, SAFA, um, to the Department of Sport um, to request for uh, the relaxation on uh, international events. SAFA, of course, because they had been planning um, their pre-Chan friendly matches and and CASAFA because we needed to get off the ground in, in terms of our competition. So we were really, really grateful to um, to the South African government and to um, our host city, Nelson Mandela Bay, uh, who had, um, who we would, you know, we were going to do the women's tournaments anyway, uh, as per our hosting agreement with them. Um, but we then also had spoken to them about um, the prospect of taking on the two 
two very important boys' competitions, the under-17 and under-20, both of which were zonal qualifiers for the AFCON, and they agreed. So, um, as you know, we we did four tournaments um, across six weeks in one city, and that city um, at the time was really the epicenter uh, of, uh, of the of the pandemic. It's certainly a great achievement and a testament to the organizational ability in Kasafa, uh, but I know there's also been an ambitious calendar set out for 2021. Could you give us uh, the highlights of that? Um, I think the highlight uh, must be the uh, the introduction um, this year of the Women's Champions League. It's a regional Women's Champions League. It will be a zonal qualifier for uh, for the new AFCON or CAF Women's Champions League, which uh, is, is coming later this year. CAF haven't yet uh, pegged the date. Um, I had a, a discussion with them uh, last evening. But um, ours is, um, we have got uh, the, the format ready to go. It's um, just waiting approval from the executive committee, uh, which uh, we hope to get this week uh, or next week. And um, and then we will be looking to roll it out between May and August, um, a protracted period because the format calls for a preliminary round um, as well as a final tournament. So that we're really, really excited about um, because I think it has the potential to really not kickstart, but um, fast track women's football, you know, the development of women's football across the region and ultimately across the continent. Um, Sue, there's also um, been a very good appetite for Kasafa content last year. I know Kasafa TV had almost 700,000 views, the majority during the four tournaments being played. I mean, that must be heartening to you as it demonstrates that the interest is there from around the Southern Africa region and indeed further beyond that yes uh you know we've been uh we've had kasafa.tv as one of our platforms for over a couple of years now and um have slowly been uh, building you know the the, the appetites uh, for that and uh, of course the appetite can only come uh from consistent content and and good content um so last year you know, with the various things that uh, that we had, um, you know, going out on our uh, social media and, and and as well as on on Kasafa.tv, TV, uh, you know, being um, uh, archived footage, being um, our podcasts, our fortnightly podcasts, and then and then of course the live streaming of all four of our uh, November December uh, tournaments: the senior women, uh, the under seventeen girls, under seventeen boys, and the under twenty boys. So that is really uh, heartening. That that we are finally, you know, getting somewhere. And uh, of course, now the trick is to um, to maintain and, uh, and to build those numbers. I think a, a lot of fans, Sue, will want to know as well what plans there might be in place for the, uh, the Kasafa Cup, the men's senior competition. Can you talk about that? And, and also perhaps um, what other new competitions might be coming online this year? I believe beach soccer and perhaps futsal is, is in the offing. Yes, um, we, we've been in uh, discussion and negotiation um, with um, a host city in South Africa uh, for the hosting um, of the Kasafa Cup this year, which we would look to to be doing in the FIFA uh, in the FIFA window, um, which comes uh, I think from the 31st of May roundabout to the 16th of June. Um, that seems to be an ideal slot because uh, the the PSL calendar um, for this season will be will be over. Uh, so that that's the time frame for for that. And then as part and parcel of the same. Same discussion, uh, same potential uh, agreement um, that we're hoping will, you know, will come off um, is beach soccer, and uh, that beach soccer 
The last time we did that was in 2015 in Seychelles. Um, so it's um, it's been long in coming that we bring it back onto our calendar. And we're hoping that that will be then an annual feature on, on our calendar. And so the other one that we will be doing for the very first time uh, this year uh, in Mozambique, um, who have specifically requested that uh, competition, is futsal. And they, of course, uh, are, are great exponents thereof. The, there was also talk, I think, when we last spoke on the uh, Kustafa podcast, about support from FIFA and CAF financially and UEFA also assisting us with an under-15 boys competition. Can you update us on that? Yeah, um, unfortunately, um, and it is unfortunate because under-15 is definitely the way to go in terms of um, the age category uh, for meaningful development. Um, UEFA had put it out there to um, all of the the, uh, the 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 zonal unions in terms of uh, a funded tournament, and we had chosen the under-15. Um, but because it goes, you know, as part of the, the CAF assist program, um, CAF had asked to put that on hold until uh, they had had a chance to look at it as a globe, as a, con- uh, when I say global, but a continental uh, picture. In other words, that's not just Kasafa, you know, doing one, uh, sort of ad hoc and then where to from there um, so we we actually still you know the ball is in uh, in, in CAF's court right uh, right at this point in time we're hoping that you know things will develop from there and we can actually start doing that but you know in that same age category Mark you, you will recall that as uh, around the women's uh, tournament in November in Nelson Mandela Bay and as part of uh, of Kasafa's uh, usual legacy program where, you know, we do courses and, and, and things to give back to our hosting community. We had actually done an under 15 girls uh, tournament um, uh, in Utenaig, in Kwanabutle, uh, one of the townships in, in Utenaig, which is just outside so Port Elizabeth, uh, with 12 local under 15 girls teams. And and, and what a fabulous tournament uh, it was. So we, we hope to do more of those, you know, when we do our Kasafa tournaments that we we will put that on as part of our legacy program. So even in our small way, uh, we are uh, looking at that age category until such time as uh, we hear, you know, further from from CAF, and we can get a a regional tournament going. In terms of funding uh, and assistance from from FIFA and CAF, um, of course, we've we've had since 2017 the FIFA Forward. Uh, for zonal unions, and that specifically is for competitions uh, and specifically women's and junior competitions. That has really given us the seed money since 2017 to be able to have done what we have done consistently now uh, since that time. You know, with the with the juniors um, and uh, and and the three women's uh, categories. So that's you know that has been a godsend. And with CAF, uh, they will come in as and when required. Uh, for the boys um, uh, competitions last year, for instance, because they were zonal qualifiers, um, they had stepped up to you know to the plate and uh, and and funded those tournaments uh, because they are zonal qualifiers to the Afcon. Just finally, Sue, you must have been delighted to see Zambia have reached the quarterfinals of the African Nations Championship. It's obviously crucial for brand Kasafa that clubs and national teams from the region do excel on the continental stage. Yes. Um, I mean, we're always pleased when when any of our teams qualify. Uh, for let's uh, let's go and start there. So we had three teams uh, qualifying: Namibia, Zimbabwe, and uh, and Zambia. Um, unfortunately, you know the other two have um, been eliminated. But uh, delighted with Zambia, um, who have you know really been uh, doing 
well across, you know, kind of all, you know, all age categories, the, you know, women doing well, the juniors doing very well. Um, so very pleased with, you know, with their Chan team. And um, hope you know. Hopefully, they will um, make it to the semi-finals, and uh, who knows, even the even the final. That's it then for another episode of the Kasafa Show. We wait eagerly to see what the Soweto Derby will bring us this weekend, and we also send our best wishes to Zambia for their Chan quarterfinal encounter. Don't forget, you can listen to more of our podcasts on Sokoloduma Radio, Kasafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Goodbye.